Teachers are ordained and anointed by God to correct, reprove, and instruct in righteousness. Teachers are disciples held to a higher standard and confidence. Teachers are offenders of evil because they speak God's truth. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Welcome, beautiful people, to another episode of The Teaching Prophet. I am she. She is me, Tangela L. Clayton, the master teacher, delivering lessons for the Lord. Ah, we are continuing this journey through the book of Acts. We are in chapter 24, and if this is your first time here, we want to say welcome. However, Go back to the other chapters, 1 through 23, and take your pen, your paper, your Bible, your prayer life. Go back there and, you know, study with us in those chapters and then get all caught up. However, comma, if you want to just stay here, listen. It's your business. Do it. Like Auntie Tab say, it's your business. All right. So we want to remind everyone that the book of Acts, while we're studying the book of Acts, we're going to be focusing on a a specific audience, a key personality, and a few words and or phrases. So studying chapter four, we're going to talk to the audience of the accused. Yes, the accused of the Lord, because some people be like, oh, they're accusing me and and the accusations is tr- are true. No, we're not talking about you. Mm-mm, the ones that, you know, want to fake being accused. No, we're talking about the the ones that are accused uh, of the Lord. Like, like you're doing such a great work for God that people will sling mud on you. Um, in the book of Luke, Jesus tells us that they are going to do these things. They're going to, you know, bring you before um, great people before judges and rulers, and they're going to accuse you for my name's sake, but do not practice what you want to say, because in that hour, I will give you a tongue. I will tell you what to say. I'm paraphrasing. So go, it's in Luke. It's there. So we're talking to those people, those people. And I've already said the definition, you are being charged with an offense. You are a person or persons that are being charged with an offense because you are doing what you are supposed to be doing for God. So the devil going to do what he's supposed to do. His imps, his, his demonic forces are going to do what they're supposed to do. All right. So, uh, our attribute that we're going to be looking at is going to be resolved, resolved, which means you're just firmly determined. You're firmly determined. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. You're resolved because this is your life. This is what God is calling uh, you to go through because of the ministry and the anointing that he has on your life. Our key words, meditate, to think deeply and carefully about a thing. Meditate. Second word. Maintain. To state strongly. To assert. Maintain. A third word is mind. To regard as important. Now mind has several definitions. But we're going to um, stick to the one that says to regard as 
important. Like you mind your own business. <laughs> you mind what's important to you. Mind. So our words again are meditate, maintain, and mind. All right, chapter 24. Let's get into the reading of chapter 24. Now, after five days, Ananias, the high priest, came down with the elders and a certain orator named Tertullus. These gave evidence to the governor against Paul. And when he was called upon, Tertullus began his accusation, saying, Seeing that thou you through. Mm. All right, let's start that over. <laughs> Seeing that through you, we enjoy great peace and prosperity is being brought to this nation by your foresight. We accept it always and in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness. Thankfulness. Nevertheless, not to be tedious to you any further, I beg you to hear by your courtesy a few words from us. For we have found this man a plague, a creator of dissension among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, and we seized him and wanted to judge him according to our law. But the commander Lysias came by with great violence, took him out of our hands, commanding his accusers to come to you. By examining him yourself, you were ascertain all these things of which we accuse him. And the Jews also assented, maintaining that these things were so. Then Paul, after the governor had nodded to him to speak, answered, <laughs> Inasmuch as I know that you have been for many years a judge of this nation, I do more cheerfully answer for myself. Because you may ascertain that it is no more than 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with anyone nor inciting the, inciting the crowd, neither in the synagogues or in the city, nor can they prove the things of which they now accuse me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they called a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. This being so, I myself also strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. Now, after many days, I came to bring alms and offering to my nation, in the midst of which some Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with a mob nor with tumult. They ought to have been here before you to object if they had anything against me, or else let those who are here themselves say if they found any wrongdoing in me while I stood before the council, unless it is for this one statement which I cried out, standing among them, Concerning the resurrection of the dead, I am being judged by you this day. <clears throat> but when Felix heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, he adjourned the proceedings and said, when Lysias, the commander, comes down, I will make a decision on your case. So he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty and told him not to forbid any of his friends to provide for, for or visit him. After some days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, as he reasoned about forgiveness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call on you. Meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given him by Paul that he might release him. 
Therefore, he sent for him more often and conversed with him. But after two years, Portius Festus succeeded Felix and Felix wanted to do the Jews a favor, left Paul bound. Amen to the reading of his word. All right. <sighs> the accused. Hmm. You must be resolved. You must be firmly determined. <clears throat> you also must meditate, maintain, and mind. You must think dealer, uh, deeply and carefully about, you know, some things. God may lay some things on your heart until you have to do some things. And you have to meditate on them things deeply and carefully because we know in part and we prophesy in part. And so thereby, which we must sit with some stuff at times. You got to sit with it. Right? Remember, I told you Luke said that God will give you a tongue and a mouth to speak on the, whenever you go before your accusers. He will give you what to say. Um. But he had already gave you what to say, right? Because he saved you. He saved you. He brought you out of darkness into this marvelous light. So he's already gave you a testimony. We just meditate on what parts of that testimony to tell. And as we've known from previous chapter, Paul is very astute and not tipping his hand. He, he doesn't tip his hand. He uses all of his knowledge, all of his skills and all of his, um, anointing that God has bestowed upon him whenever it is appropriate to use it, whether it is appropriate to use it. All right, God, I guess you're going this way. When it, I heard one time, it says forgiveness is no when you are made whole you will know it because when you have the power to destroy your enemy and you choose not to you choose not to that's when you are made whole paul is whole when he got knocked off that horse at damascus on damascus road he was made whole when ananias placed his hands on him after that different Ananias placed his hand on him and he received his sight. He sat with the prophets. I mean, the, the apostles, they were prophets. He sat with them and he meditated in, in, in on the things that God would have for him to do. And then he maintained that he maintained it throughout his ministry. And he kept that in mind. He knew that that was of the utmost importance on this journey. So when Paul's accusers show up to the hearing, they brought a rhetorer. The Bible says he's an orator. When you go into study back in those days, they called those people rhetorers. Meaning <laughs> a rhetorer, they appeal to the logos, the written word, their law, they speak the law. So they're like prosecutors by making reasonable claims and supporting those claims with evidence, such as statistics from, you know, the law data and facts, they quote the law, right? Um, but this is not universally sound, meaning logic and reason differ from culture to culture. So what may be reasonable for them, which were Jews, was not of reason for the Romans. And that's why you see in the previous chapter, 
Paul, when he was talking to them, he said he was a Roman. He was a Jew. But then when he got with the, with, um, Claudius Lysias and those that regarded him, they were Roman. And so Paul was like, I'm Roman. So the customs didn't translate because where the Romans wanted to beat Paul to get the answer out of him, they couldn't beat him as a Roman. Had he been a Jew, they would have beat him. But then Paul was like, I'm Roman. You're going to beat a Roman? And so that's when the guard went back to um, Claudius Lysias and was like, listen, that dudes are Roman. I can't beat him. It's against the laws, against the custom. So this particular person that um, Ananias and company brought were, <laughs> he was a rhetorer, which means he spewed rhetoric based upon the law, right? Now, and it was something that Paul said. Paul said he had went, it had been, not that he went, it was 12 days since he had went to Jerusalem. 12 days since they had got him, right? So in those 12 days, Ananias and company, they couldn't come up with no evidence, no evidence by which they accused him. The only thing they came up with was a rhetoric, was someone to come in, uh, beautify their lies yes so they used tortillas tortillas as a beautiful liar for them i mean a prosecutor <laughs> a prosecutor basically a beautiful liar because see people would prefer a beautiful lie over the ugly truth yeah yeah People will prefer a beautiful lie over the ugly truth. Hmm. So Tertullus uh, began his opening argument by throwing out flattering words to Felix. This was common. This was common back then where you start off, oh, great and noble Felix. We love the way you bring peace and prosperity to our region. And we are just the benefactors of your generosity. Oh, fluff and stuff. That's what he doing, right? So he's flattering Felix. Now, this is to curry favor. This is to try to say, you know, we, we you know, Felix, listen to me now. You, you, you know you're beautiful, right? You're gorgeous. You're gorgeous. And, you, and the way you rule us is just magnificent. No. So then once he do all of that, he goes into his claims. Now, most times, let me back up a little bit. Most times when people flatter someone and start start patting them up y'all y'all know it's to hide something you know when your kids come to you and be like oh mom you look so good dad oh daddy you know you just the handsomest thing what you want <laughs> you be like what you want i'm pretty sure Phyllis wanting to say what y'all want just go on state your case but he didn't so so the orator the beautiful liar began to state his claims against paul begin to rattle off the inflated lies he added some too now if y'all notice go back to the previous chapter if you but if you've already been there you know he added some lies he added some lies to some offenses to paul's charge um then he ended his argument his opening statements again with more compliments to felix this is what we call a compliment sandwich 
it's the way you praise, accuse, or allege that somebody did something or you, you tell, you know, what their flaws are, but then you give them praise again. It's a compliment sandwich. Trust me, teachers use it all the time with parents. I just go straight in for the kill. <laughs> I will note the, the benefit. They say doing that tricks the parents or tricks the person on the other end um, mentally. It's like a... a psychology mind trick at the end of the, at the end of the day we have fostered a bunch of people who can't take criticism just just is all it is at the end of the day we cannot foster the people that take can't can't take criticism um so we have to we have to praise you we have to you know you know stuff you fluff and stuff you um fatten the turkey for the kill fatten the pig for the kill so to speak we have to do that because people can't take criticism but in this case, it's not so. He didn't need to do all that. He was doing that. The beautiful liar, the prosecutor, was doing that in order to curry favor, in order to um, get Felix on their side. Now, also, while he was listing off his offenses to, against Paul, he accused Claudius Lysias of interfering with the matters of Jews. So, so he's like, you know, had this not happened, had he not interfered so violently, you know, he just came all in all violently. Now he didn't, he didn't say how the crowd was violent towards Paul. He accused Claudius Lysias of being violent towards them and snatching Paul from them, you know, cause violence beget violence. Right. Uh, and by the way, he wasn't there. This prosecutor wasn't there, but you know, this is his thing. You know, he's, you know, had Claudius Lysias not come and snatched him so violently from us, this would have never came to you. You know, we would have handled this thing ourselves. Accusers will always blame someone for their lack of evidence or support for their claims. They will always grab some, grab onto something, anything to, to try to make them look like they have all this, these charges that are just so real and they're so fake. A drowning man would grab on to anything to stay afloat. A drowning person, if they are not conscious enough of the fact that they need to stop fighting against the waves or fighting against drowning, they'll drown you. They'll drown you. That's why the first thing the lifeguard would say, calm down, they'll say you to calm down, calm down, because you'll grab onto anything and you'll end up bringing everybody down with you. So pretty much he's grabbing on to just anything. Claudius Lysias came and violently took him from us. But the crowd was violently beating Paul. That's the thing. All right. So that's his accusers, right? Your accusers would do all these things to you. Now, Paul is being accused of the same offenses as Jesus, if you haven't noticed. Blasphemy and treason. Basically, those are the, the charges. Now, the detail of the charges, yeah, they're a little different, but it's the same. It's blasphemy and treason. Crimes against the Jewish culture. Customs of the day. That's what he's being uh, accused of. Now, the link between Paul and Jesus is further solidified with Drusilla, Felix's wife. All right, so see, check this out. Felix's father, I mean, sorry, Drusilla's father is Herod Agrippa. And his grandfather is Herod the Great. 
the one who commissioned for all male Jews babies to be killed in hopes of stopping the scriptures from being fulfilled had Jesus been among um, the number of babies that were killed. So her great grandfather was the one that commissioned the Jewish um, babies to be killed in hopes of killing Jesus. Right. So keep that in mind when we dig a little deeper into that. But for now, let's focus on the link between Paul and Jesus. All right. So Jesus was crucified because the people could not handle the fact that they were wrong about the scriptures for many years. Jesus proclaimed in Matthew 5 and 17. Don't think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but fulfill. <clears throat> Remember, Paul had said that. Of the law and the prophets, he believed in that he is, you know, everything concerning the law and the prophets. Let me go back. I, 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 so I can say it right. He said, uh, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which were written in the law and in the prophets. And then Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law or the prophets. I came to fulfill it. So Paul is saying Jesus came to fulfill the law. And that's the, that's what I believe in. I believe that he is fulfilling the law. Now, fulfilling the law equate in, in the Jewish people's mind to destroying the law. Instead of them being what we call open minded to the fact that maybe we was getting this wrong. Maybe we were thinking too literal of the law, which we still do today. Let's look at the, oh, he might be right. No, mm -mm. they didn't want to think they wanted what they've been believing and what they've been taught for years is what they're going to, they're going to ascribe to. All right, guys. So, so people for years, for years, people have equated religion with Christ or being righteous or traditions with Christ. All right. So one of these past lessons I've, I've told you, and if I didn't, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it now. When they say cleanliness is next to godliness, that is a religious saying. That's not scripture. It does not say nowhere in the Bible that cleanliness is next to godliness. It's a idiom that been, have been used for many, many, many years. <clears throat> so now we equate that with being in the Bible. And people take that and they whip people with that because this is what they've learned and this is all they know. And so when you've been taught in the ways of religion, custom, tradition, which is what these Jews people have been taught in, you tend to believe that that is law, that is biblical and it's a law. It is not. So some of us have to unlearn religion in order to get a relationship with God to know that maybe what I was raised on, not even maybe what I was raised on was not, is not biblical. So I got to throw that out. It's hard for people to throw away what they've been taught. It is so hard for people. I remember with Kurt Franklin, Uncle Kurt, I remember when he came up with his eye, he said he was losing his religion 
And uh, <laughs> there was a pastor in Florida <laughs> on the radio. It was like, oh, y'all need to pray for Kurt. He's losing his religion. And, you know, she went on this whole rant about how Kurt Franklin was, uh, you know, leaving Christ. He was falling from God because he said he was losing his religion. And I laughed. I laughed so hard because she took a sound bite and she made a whole big old mess of fuss about a sound bite. And what Kurt Franklin had said in the whole uh, testimonial thing that he did, I forget if it was an interview or something, was he had to unlearn some ways that religion made him think that that was God. And so he was losing his religion in order to keep a good standing relationship with God. We have to uh, we have to look at that. And this is what is being happening here. So Jesus was, uh, he was killed. He had to die for the people to live in peace with their perceived truth or their perceived religion. Paul is in the same dilemma. They don't want to, you know, hear about the scriptures in it being fulfilled. They want the scriptures to be what they perceive the scripture is. He is, Paul is being tried because the people do not want to live righteously, righteously as their customs dictate. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. Look at Ananias, the chief priest. He want to prove Paul wrong so bad and to kill Paul to not only cover his sin, but the other sins as well, because he's the chief high priest. This is what's happening to Paul right now. So Paul is his life is pretty much mirroring Jesus. And that's what the accused when your life is mirroring Jesus, you'll, you, you are the accused. You are the ones that God is, has called to, um, you are the change agent. You are the one that God has called to make sure that his word don't get lost in all the mess of religion and society. So you will be accused because while everybody is swimming upstream, you're going downstream. And of course, people are not going to like that. They're not going to like that. They're not going to like you losing your religion so you can have a relationship with God. All right. So with that being said, let's go back to the accusers for a moment. Ananias and company who were there with their prosecutor, their beautiful liar, there were not Paul's original accusers. The original mess starters were the Jews from Asia, and Paul mentioned them. Paul said they wouldn't have won there. The Jews from Asia who came in and stirred up the crowd against me, they were the ones who originally accused, and they didn't even find me doing nothing other than being purified and in the temple, you know, trying to pay alms to my nation. So Paul said, now ask them, did they physically see me? Did, were they there? Because they weren't there. They, these people that are before me now accusing me are not my accusers. <laughs> they are not my accusers. So remember, Paul had, Paul was asked by Philip to go purify himself and go into the temple, gives alms for the four men to, so they, to shave their heads so that they can prove to the Jews that was, uh, 
saying that Paul was telling people to go against their customs so they can prove that Paul wasn't going against them, but he was just honoring it. And so while he was there, that's when the Asian, you know, Jews came in and riled up the crowd. Uh, so, but they weren't present. They weren't present at the first hearing and they not present at this hearing. They're not present at this hearing. And so Paul told Felix to ask them, did they see? Because they didn't, they can't testify to what they, they, they didn't see. So that's why these charges are trumped up. As we say, these charges are padded. They padding the charges against Paul but they were not his original accusers. His original accusers were not there. Here's what I've learned about accusers. They will get people to prosecute you for them and they'll stand back. They'll stand back. And the people they get to go against you, they will go harder after you than the people who originally you supposedly had them offended. Right. They will go hard. They will take up your fight. The, the, the people, the people that the offenders get will take up that fight against you and go harder. And they don't even know the original offense. They don't even know the original offense. So in the midst of that mess of them going hard after you, the core essence of what you allegedly have done will be lost against will be lost in the midst of the propaganda they use to destroy you. I know for a fact what I'm talking about. I know for a fact what I'm talking about. What you talking about teacher. I was at a particular school and I, I guess I offended one and when I offended her, she riled up a group of ladies against me. And those group of ladies were on my hallway and she wasn't, she was not, she was nowhere near me. I don't know. I don't know what I did to this lady. She would never get in the same room with me in order for us to talk. Never. I don't know what I did to this lady, but the rest of them, oh, they went hard. But see, I'm the fool that God made me. I told the lady, I said, come here. One of the, the, the main one that's mouthing off and, you know, accusing me of stuff. <laughs> I said, come here. I put her in my room. She seen one of her little flunkies and she grabbed her and was like, come with me. No, no, I, I called for you, but both of y'all can come in here. I said, what's the problem? What is the problem? And so I was accused of something that I said, uh, did I do that? Oh, that's what we heard. We heard this. Oh, you heard it. So you're going against me hard as you going against me off something you heard, not something you witnessed or something that you, you have evidence on, but something you heard. Who told you? Oh, I'm just, you know, uh, we just heard this and this is what we heard. Oh, okay. So if that's what you're going off of, get your facts together. Cause you, 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 you don't know me this whole hallway. I told y'all I love the Lord, but I fight. <laughs> I love him, you know, but I fight now. I'm not, I'm not afraid of confrontation. Uh, I, I've been asking God, you know, to keep me from fighting, but uh, I will confront because confrontation leads to resolution. 
I don't care how hard or, or or how you don't like confrontation and how hard it may be, it leads to resolution. The resolution to my conflict ended in a strongly worded email to the higher ups. And uh, those particular ladies were removed from that school the very next year. And the original, ah, original accuser, I ended up having her daughter in my class the next year. Why? Because I was the best English teacher on that campus in that grade level. Well, I could say one of the best on the campus. I could toot my own horn a little bit. So I ended up having her daughter. Lovely young girl. And she still wouldn't come to my room. Still wouldn't talk to me. But that's what they do. That's what they do. They'll get everybody riled up and start doing all this propaganda. And, and the original reason why you, you know, why they're against you, they don't even know. They don't even know. So, yeah, your accusers will get others to join the fight. And the ones that join the fight will go harder after you while the accuser is sitting back. And letting them do the dirty work. Go on, let y'all hands get dirty. We, that's all we wanted to do. We wanted to go against, so we want people to, you know, not like her, not like him. They will do that. Now, when Paul was allowed to counter the claims against him, he didn't offer any inflamed words of adoration to Felix. He stated the obvious. Felix, you have been government <laughs> official for many years, and I know you can rightly wrong, judge between right and wrong. So I'm glad to present my case before you. He didn't say, oh, you great governor. No, you just been, you've been doing this for a long time. You know what's going on here. There is no need for flattering words to someone when you know, when you hold truth on your side. Either they will hear the ugly truth or they're going to believe the beautiful lie. But if you've been governing for so long, you can tell when somebody is lying to you and when somebody is telling the truth. And Felix knew that Paul had done nothing wrong. He knew it. He knew Paul didn't do nothing wrong that warranted death or being held captive. However, comma, he reserved judgment. He wanted to reserve judgment to Claudius Lysias uh, came. So he sent Paul back to his quarters and didn't treat him like a common prisoner. He didn't treat him like a common prisoner. He told him, hey, listen, don't let his friends, don't forbid his friends. Let him come on. Let him go. Let him, let him speak. Let him come and go as he want to. Now, in waiting for Claudius Lysias, Felix and Drusilla uh, called for Paul so he could sit down and speak. Now we're going back to old girl. So he called for Paul to go um, to come and speak. So Paul is reasoning with them about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, which Felix became afraid and sent him away. So you would think, now why did Felix become afraid? You know, here is why he became afraid. Because I bet you didn't know. <laughs> Drusilla was married at a young age to a to King uh, A. We're going to call him King A because I don't know how to pronounce that whole name. So she was married to King A for, you know, a couple of years. Felix convinced her to leave King A and marry him. Illegally, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now it makes sense why Felix got so upset and wanted to send Paul away. Paul was talking about righteousness, self-control, and judgment. Now, one of my books, my study book said, Paul chose his words. Told you, Paul is very astute and not tipping his hand. He knew who Felix was and who Felix's wife was all this time. 
but it wasn't time to say nothing in front of everybody. When you hold the cards to your accusers or your the person that's holding you hostage, or because he pretty much was being held hostage, when you hold the cards, you don't need to let them all out on the table. But when they call for him to sit with them, that's when he told them. But he didn't tell them, I know you stole that man's wife. He didn't do that. Paul did not directly accuse Felix. He simply taught sound, irrefutable doctrine of the very sin that Felix committed. You know how it goes, you in church. The pastor starts preaching as if he was in your house. Oh, Lord, the pastor, was he, was he peeking through the window? No. He meditated on the word. He minded the word's business. And he maintained his pure status with God, his, his oneness with God in order to receive that word. In order to receive that word. And so it's the word it's the conviction of that word that eats at your sin, your sinful conscience. It's the, it's the word. It's not even Paul. Paul is not the, mm-mm. Paul just, he just, he taught on sound. He taught sound doctrine of self-control, righteousness, and the judgment to come. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Felix was convicted of his sin. By the word. So in the end, Felix decided to leave Paul in bonds as a favor to the Jews. Y'all know what he did. Come on now. We can infer that he wanted to, he wanted to keep silent Paul. He wanted Paul to stay locked up, up under Festus. So that the righteous voice that is condemning his sin could be silenced. Keep Paul locked up. Because... Paul is like some political prisoners we have today. He, his word is powerful because it comes directly from the throne of God. His word is powerful because it comes directly from the throne of God. Why you been accused? Because your accusers know that you see right through them. Your accusers know, you know, where all their dead bodies are buried. Your accusers know that you'd have a strong relationship with God and the demons in them are troubled by the God in you. So when you are the accused for Jesus Christ's sake, you got to make sure you meditate on his word. You mind the business of God and you maintain your relationship because if not, you will bleed on those you were meant to lead to salvation. I say it again. If you don't meditate in God's word, mind the things of God and maintain a right relationship with God. You that been that are being accused, you will bleed on those who were meant who you were meant to lead to salvation. He that has an ear, let him hear. We've hoped you've been blessed by another episode of The Teaching Prophet. Don't forget to like, share, and or comment on whichever platform you are listening. 
We pray you tune in next time. God bless.